are listening to Bullet Points. Bullet Points is our 15-minute monthly update on hot topics in the gun violence prevention movement. Good morning, and welcome to Bullet Points, a podcast brought to you by Women Against Gun Violence, where we update you on hot topics in the gun violence prevention movement in 15 minutes or less. I'm Brianna, and I'm back this month to talk about grief and grieving. But first, a brief overview of ongoing litigation that's been brought by the pro-gun rights movement to overturn gun violence prevention laws. So, let's get started. United States District Court Judge Roger Benitez, a gun-friendly judge who we have written about repeatedly in our action alerts and have talked about in previous podcasts, has again declared California's decades-old ban on assault-style weapons unconstitutional issuing a ruling identical to one he gave in the same case two years ago. The current law, banning assault weapons, will remain in place while California Attorney General Bonto appeals the ruling to the Ninth Circuit. And here's some good news. The United States Supreme Court has declined to restore Missouri's Second Amendment Preservation Act, which barred local officials from enforcing any law that would infringe upon the right to bear arms leaving in place a lower court order blocking the measure. The only noted dissent came from Justice Clarence Thomas. In more good news, the Supreme Court has ruled that the Biden administration can, for now, continue regulating ghost guns, overturning, again, an injunction from right-wing United States District Court Judge Reed O'Connor. Judge O'Connor has defied the Supreme Court in the past. Will this be the end of it? We'll watch to see. In last month's podcast, we talked about Zaki Rahimi, who was not and is not a responsible gun owner and is subject to a protective order after assaulting his ex. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that Rahimi, despite his history, was entitled to possess firearms because the federal law that prohibits domestic abusers under a protective order from possessing firearms was unconstitutional under the Second Amendment. On November 7, The Supreme Court heard the Rahimi case. If you want to listen to the actual oral arguments, an audio version is available on the Supreme Court website. The decision in this case will have significant implications for public health, protections for survivors of domestic abuse, and gun safety laws across the country. And now, I'm going to talk just a little bit about grief. First, the caveat. I am not a social worker or a grief counselor or a psychologist, or anyone trained in providing grief support. I am just someone who grieves, like you, and thought I would take the holiday season, which is fast approaching, and is frequently a trigger for grieving, to share some thoughts and my personal experiences. I come from a family of people who celebrated big, and whose friends celebrated big. But I have come to realize that those celebrations came from a place of very big grief, grief for family, friends, and many lives lost. I was raised that I have, that we all have, a duty to embrace life, to celebrate life, to appreciate life, and to take a big bite of the apple, all to make up for all the celebrations those we had lost were deprived. I also come from a religion that has a very prescribed way, including a timeline, of mourning those lost. And in some ways, that's been enormously helpful especially when feeling hopeless and floundering. But in some ways, it hasn't been helpful at all because grief has no timeline. There is no finish line. 
it is not a race. Grief has its own lifespan that is unique to each of us. There's no specific time frame for when pain and grief are complete. Because pain and grief may never be complete. I've discovered that the press frequently gets to decide whose death is important, and therefore whose grief is important. Because of the circumstances, or the press coverage, or size of the community impact, some losses are perceived to be bigger than others. For example, on October 25, a gunman killed 18 people and injured 13 others during a shooting spree in Lewiston, Maine. We know the names of those who have died because the press decided this particular mass shooting deserved coverage. The media covered this horrible shooting repeatedly and incessantly. And it should. But little attention was paid to others in the United States whose lives were also impacted by gun violence. At the time of this recording, on October 29, there have been nine more mass shootings. Have you heard about them? And from October 25 to today, there have been 97 more lives taken by gun violence. Where's the press coverage of that? Where are the names? This lack of media coverage particularly impacts communities of color. Each year we memorialize large shootings that took many lives at once. As though those losses are more deserving of recognition. They are not. All of our losses are deserving of recognition and support. We don't all get to have legislation named after our son or daughter or husband or wife. We don't all get to have a day where the nation comes together to recognize our loss. We do not all have the resources to take time away from work to meet with legislators, form organizations, organize memorials, picket, lobby. But all of our losses are important and we're all entitled to grieve and to receive the support we desire in our grief. Even the monster has people who loved him or her and mourn their loss. We can recognize people's pain and grief without comparing it to how they have it better, or someone else has it worse, or theirs was more important, or theirs had more of an impact. In closing, I strongly recommend writings by Megan Devine and by John Pavlovitz, both who write compellingly about grief. I wish you peace of mind and heart, and, if you are able, I encourage you to be what you loved most about the people you love who are gone. If you have any questions or topics you would like us to address, please be sure to email me at wagv.org. Founded 30 years ago, Women Against Gun Violence works to prevent gun violence in our communities, state, and nation through a holistic approach that includes one, impactful legislation like background checks for all gun and ammunition sales and banning assault-style weapons and high-capacity magazines. Two, Programming on safe gun storage, voting, and divestment. 3. Addressing gun violence as a public health crisis and following the same path to solutions as our country does for other recognized public health emergencies. And 4. Supporting programs and organizations that help break the cycle of gun violence that impacts so many of our communities. Thanks again for listening. Let's all have a great day. Thank you for listening to Bullet Points, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Visit our website at wagv.org to sign up for our action alerts. We're looking forward to you joining us next month.